Father, we're so grateful for the hour and the time. Thank you for allowing us to be alive in this season, to see, to behold what you are doing. Now, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth among us. In Jesus' name, God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated. hand you a key this morning uh, what you do with it is up to you but if you take it and use it you'll be shocked how many doors it opens I'm going to give you a, a tool this morning but it's up to you to use it you but if you choose to use it uh, you will be amazed what is able to be opened for you or changed for good for you God has always connected success together with knowing and walking in his ways. Men fail because they don't know the way of the Lord. And if you do know it and you don't walk in it, it's even worse. Ignorance is one thing. Stupidity and rebellion is another. We should not blame God for what we have not received according to what we have seen and read in his word. If we don't know how he operates. In fact, the whole message of the fear of the Lord is to unlock his ways. To know how he, he moves. It's one thing for you to know that God exists. You know what the Bible says? Even the demons know I exist. And because they know I exist, they tremble. But isn't it a shame that his evidence is everywhere among men and men act like he doesn't exist. And do not tremble and do not really care. However, when things get bad and when your life moves into an area where you can't control when everything's going downhill, when everything you've tried to make work fails, mm, I recommend to you the way of the Lord. I want to share with you this morning, um, I'd like you to act as if you get every word I say so I can get through this quicker. Because I fired that long-winded preacher that's been preaching for the last six weeks. I want you to help me keep him fired. And the people said amen. Oh, I can't believe it. Yes, amen. <laughs> I have special words for you after this is over. Amen. Psalms 128. It says, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. How blessed is everyone, is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. Psalms 112 verse 1 says, praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Psalms 119, 12 through 16 says, Blessed are you, O Lord. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches I will meditate on your precepts and I will regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes and I shall not forget your word. When you read the word of God, it's kind of interesting now these synonyms run together all pointing to the way of the Lord. God's got a way. I wonder, are you in it? 
It'd be a shame for God to, to want to bless you, but have restricted himself to our response and our obedience to his word. Isn't that something? That God said, yeah, well, my desire is to bless you. My desire is to pour out over you. But I've restricted that to whether or not you, now this is kind of heavy, but see if you can work with it. God has decided that you decide how much you're blessed. If you accept that, if you can accept that, talk to your neighbor and say, God has decided, tell me, God has decided how much I say it this way. God has decided it's your choice how much you get blessed. Mm, mm, mm. In, in Hebrews chapter 3 verses 8 through verses 8 through 11 it has a, a very interesting statement. I read it to you last week and said don't harden your hearts as when they, talking about his people, provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Look at your neighbor and say, everybody will go through trials. See, the thing is, what you do when you're in it, the trial you go through becomes your test to see whether you pass and get promoted. How you act, what you do, what you say, while you're in the problem, is what qualifies you to receive the blessing or the promotion or the advancement or the increase that God has for you. Don't harden your heart as they did, as they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the, in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me and, by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Years. Are they playing? Yeah, they're, they're, it's up there. You can see it, yes? I'm sorry. God's pretty patient. He, 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 he got them, I, I rehearsed before you last week, he got them out of Egypt. Remember? Door, blood on the door, on the lintel. Dressed, ready to get out of there, to leave the bondage. And you know what? You know, I need to say this. There are, some people can't get saved until they're hurting enough. Some people don't come to God until it's just, it's so bad, they ain't nothing else to do. Some of you may be like that, seeing how far you can go. The Lord spoke these words about Israel. Don't harden your hearts as they did when they provoked me as in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me. They tried me. They tested me. And they saw my works for 40 years. Look, verse 10 is amazing. Therefore, I was angry with this generation. They said they always go astray in their hearts. And they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. What is that scripture about? Well, it's, 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 a, it's back play. It's rewind. And God's giving us a picture as an example of his heart and his way. When God saved them out of Egypt, they didn't deserve it. This is where I left off with you last week. When God set up their deliverance, they did, it's not because they deserved it. Oh, they were miserable. And, all, and they had been there for 400 years, generation after generation after generation after generation, until the, you know, their daddies, 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 their great, 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 great grandchildren. So long had they been there until they didn't really know what freedom was like. But they didn't deserve, please hear my words, they didn't deserve to be delivered. Israel in captivity was just as sinful as Egypt who had them. It, 
Israel in her, in her debauchery, Israel in her ignorance, Israel in her negative situation was no better than the ones who whipped their backs. Let me, I hope I can, I hope I can. Look, you, you, if you're a slave and you're sold on the market, it doesn't mean you're righteous. Have mercy. Both the oppressor and the oppressed are in the same condition concerning the Lord. And the only thing that frees them is his grace and his righteousness and his blood. Some of you are still hanging on to your ancestry and attaching some kind of merit to your name because your daddy's daddy's daddies were in slavery. Are you kidding me? There was just as much sin going on among the slaves as there was sin going along among the captive, captors. It's the same, same rebellion against God. I'm not negating justice. God is a God of justice. God is a God of righteousness. But make no mistake about it. You are not righteous because you're hurting. Lord have mercy, help me today. You are not righteous because you're in slavery. You're not righteous because your condition is under the pressure of somebody else or control of somebody else. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, sin happens among slaves just like sin happens among slavers. Y'all looking at me like you ate something bad. That's all right. You, I'm, I'm talking to you from heaven's point of view. And that's the only view, actually, that counts. There are those slaves who died in slavery, but they died righteous before God, and they are with God now. And there are those slavers who died, who died, had money, had power, died before God, and they are not with God. There are slavers who gave their heart to God, repented from their ruling over, and they are in heaven with God. Can you imagine the slave and the slaver? Having the sin removed and now they're, now they're brothers, now they're equal because of God. I know I make you mad, don't Some of y'all make you so mad. Like, oh, no, that ain't right. Oh, no, that ain't right. Somebody got to die. Oh, no, it ain't right. No, you're looking from the wrong, you're, you're looking through the wrong glasses from the wrong perspective. Because God never moved himself from heaven. And God has never removed himself from the affairs of men. When God delivers you from your real slavery, which is slavery to yourself and slavery to your enemy, when God really breaks the yoke off of your neck, when God really sets you free and blood is applied to your life, you actually can love the slaver. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. I like to just tell you, if, 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 it by, if by chance you get in that situation and God, uh, he, he saves you by his blood, if you don't have love for the one who enslaved you, I doubt whether you truly are saved. At the cross, at the cross, you got the soldiers and you got God's people. You got, you got the religious, you got the laws, the law folks. You got the Gentiles. You got the ones that actually, listen to me, the one who pierced his side is no more guilty than you who displease him by your lack of obedience to him. When God wants to change your life, he steps into your life not because you deserve it, because he loves you 
And you got to make a decision. And those people right there, in the, and those people in those in, who had been in slavery for all that time, who were, who were captured in their, in, in Egypt, now blood on their, on their dwellings and clothes on their back to get out of there, bags packed. Their deliverance was by the grace, nothing more than the grace of God. It was not because they were good. It was because of the love. Same way, God, same, same way God saved you. He didn't save you because you were good. Tell your neighbor what I said. At least they go to the wrong place after they die. Tell them, say, you, you, you did not, you were not saved. You were not saved because you were good. You were not saved because you were good. If what we have done before God, if the law, if his law we we broken, if if his if his ways we have transgressed, if that was put on a screen before everybody, everybody would be embarrassed in this place. The power and the efficacy of efficacy of his blood is demonstrated in his ability to take those who do not deserve salvation and get them out. By his own personal sacrifice. So by the time they all come out and they're in the desert and they're across the Red Sea and God has slammed the door on their enemy. Now, there's no more enemy behind them. Ain't nobody chasing them. With a, ain't nobody trying to, trying to execute them. Now they're in the desert and God said, I, they were in the desert 40 years and they didn't please me. 40 years, and they didn't see, I, I showed them how powerful I was. I tore Egypt apart. I told you this last week. I tore Egypt to pieces. I released 10 plagues, and every plague I released was a, was a judgment against the gods, the false gods they worshipped. I just ain't got time to unpack all that. God was saying, he was saying, God, what he was doing is he was making his name great. But he couldn't do it unless he had a people he could do it through. So when they come out with an, with a, with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm, God led them out, led them across the Red Sea and into the desert. And the purpose, if you look back, you'll see, God said, Moses, go get those people out of Egypt. Get my people out of Egypt because Israel is my firstborn. Get them out of Egypt and bring them to this mountain to worship me. Go back and read. You'll see that was the whole, that's the whole assignment. Get them out because they can't worship me as I want them to worship me in the, in the condition they're in. So get them out of there. The way they see themselves in sin or in that condition prohibits them from giving me the worship I deserve. So God in his great love, he delivers them. But just because you get delivered out of your immediate circumstances doesn't mean that your heart is delivered. They're in, in the, in the, they're, in the, they're, they're in the desert and God's trying to give them protocol, trying to set them up as a nation. God's trying to, to um, bring his kingdom among them. But they, they don't know anything about Egypt. Work, slavery, hardship, just enough sleep till the next day it's over again. No days off. That's what it's like when you live under sin, when you're not living under grace. You don't get any days off. You got to deal with sin every day. I know, I'm not talking to you. Am I talking to you? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's one thing God needed to do for them. And I've got to give you a tool, so let me get the, help me get through this. Say amen so I can get through this. <laughs> so, 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 so God had to show them what it's like, what's it like, to be the people of God. 
not the slave, the people of God, whom him, who he himself has delivered. How do you live? We've been living under Pharaoh. How do, show us a new way to live. When you're in slavery, you have fewer responsibilities. Once, once you're out of slavery, whoo, it's not just free. Free is not, free is not do what I want. Free is do what I ought. Free is do what I must do. Free is doing what I'm called to do. Free means I'm producing the very thing for which I was born to produce. Hello, are you there? Free is not doing everything, anything. Ali, Ali, I free. Oh, we just free. <laughs> I, I, I lay with who I want. I smoke what I want. I come in, I go out where I want. I wear what I want or what I don't want. I smell the way I want to smell and don't smell. I live the life. I live my own life. I do my own life. Let me do me. Jesus. And some of you have had enough of that. You have, been, you have lived in that funk long enough. And God said, look, Moses, get them out. And now, the next thing I have to do, I've got to give them my law because they don't know what to do. So when you go and you read Deuteronomy, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, when you read those books, God is meticulously laying out the way they should think, the way they should go, the way they should live, the way they should, you know, what do you do when you get married? How do you stay married? What, 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 what do you do? What does your family look like when you have children? How do you treat them? You don't lay down with animals. Hello. You don't marry animals. You don't lay down with the person who's the same gender you are yourself. God lays out the law explicitly before them, writes it out in, oh my God, writes it out in detailed order. Here's how you clean yourself. I mean, it was that, it was that detail, really. It was that. Here's what you do every, every, every 28, 29 days of the month. Here's how you handle that. Men, here's how you work. Here's how you are toward the women. Women, here's how you are toward the brothers. Here's how you are toward your brother and your sister. He lays it all out. You don't sleep with your sister. God gives them the way of his kingdom. The law comes to them because the law is a picture of his way. So the Lord uh, took painstaking effort to teach them because the reason why he wanted them to come to that mountain because when they went to that mountain, he would speak to Moses and he put his, his, his way on, in this case, he put his way on those tablets. And, and, and please, those 10 commandments would tell your neighbor, they were not to keep you from something. Well, I need to say it a little different way. Those 10 commandments were to bless you not restrict you. Because those Ten Commandments have a way of living, a way of thinking. The way I look at my wife, the way I look at other women, come on brothers, the way I look at my sister, the way sisters look at other brothers. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? It's the way, it's the way and the way we, our perspective changes how we act toward each other. That's why I don't lie, don't swindle, don't steal. Don't buy hook or crook. God was meticulous in giving those people his ways. Now, he gave them his ways, but before he did that, he showed them his power and his authority. They had no water. <laughs> hey, Moses, see that rock over there? Yes, Lord. Take that staff I gave you and slap that rock upside the head. Water broke out in the middle of the desert. Ran everywhere. Had enough water to feed half a million people. I'm sorry, are you there? You ain't got no food? Okay, I'll show you what to do, Moses. Everybody in the morning, everybody in the morning, get up, get, get your container, get your container. 
sorry, I had a picture in my mind. Get, get, get your container. And you go out. When you go, every morning, I'm going to let, I'm going to let, he called it manna. I'm going to let it fall down from the sky. And all you got to do is go out there and just scoop it up in there. Take it back home. Now, all kinds of things you can do. Get you some oil, mix it up in there. Or you can get you some hot water, make some hot water, cornbread if you wanted to. And you can make you some fajitas if you want to. I don't care how you fix it, but it's going to feed you. I'm sorry, y'all don't read the Bible? <laughs> I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. Because really, you are between what I got you out of and what I really want to bring you into. I can't bring you into what I want to bring you into unless you've got my, my way. Because if you get it, my, if, I, if, if I give you what I want to give you and you don't know my way, the very thing I give you will be the instrument of your destruction. So, when I talk this way to you, I... I, I, want to, I, want you to be, I want you to understand that, that if you get this in your heart, then it's totally, di it's completely different. It's no more, it's no longer legal. Some people love to have the law written out. And the, law, and, and the Lord said this to the prophets. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take my law that's written on the stone and I'm going to write them. Come on, on, where, where? Look at your, tell your neighbor where that law is written. Where? You're going to want to do what I want you to do. Anything in your flesh that is against the law and the way of God is what you've got to deal with. God can't deal with that. He's left that for you to deal with. But the greatest need of God's people today, I hope you hear me, I hope you hear me online, I hope you hear me wherever you're listening. The greatest need of God's people is to know and to receive and to walk in his ways. Those people were a mess. God knew it. So God began to teach them. You know, if you're unteachable, you don't, you know, if you're unteachable, you're, you're disqualified from, if you're unteachable, you're disqualified from the blessing. Tell your neighbor what I say. If, if, if you can't learn or you won't learn, then you don't get, I mean, you're out of Egypt, but you don't get the stuff. It's like you, you, you know, it's like you out of immediate slavery, but you don't get to walk into the incredible. Wow. Increase. Influence. True freedom. So God said, I got to do something to your heart. And before they got it in their heart, that's where Hebrews comes in. Hebrews Hebrews that I just read, that's where it comes in. That, that's why he says it in the third chapter of Hebrews uh, in verse, verses 8 through 11. They proved me. They tested me. They bickering and complaining. We go die. We go die out here. We go die. Ain't no water out here. We go die. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, it got me out here. It started me living this way and everything. Going to pizza. <laughs> Some of you started walking with Jesus, right? You know, you know, it's like uh, uh, the twenty-third Psalms. Some of you are in the twenty-third Psalms. The Lord is my, I, man. Everything you start, you come to Jesus. It's like everything's like, oh my God, oh my God, look at God. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me to, in. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of for his. He leads me beside the. He what? Restores my soul. Oh my God. Yea, though I walk. And for all believers, you, I'm tapping you're going to have to go through that valley. I'm sorry. This is part of the process. That you have to go through that valley. When things ain't working, you almost feel like you're in slavery again. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the, of, I will. So when, when they got in the valley, in the desert, and wasn't happening, what did they do? They did the one thing I want you to decide right now. You, you're going to quit it the rest of your life. Moaning, bickering, and complaining. And being before God.
with quotations on the B. Are you breathing, saints? I tested them for 40 years, and they don't, they, the, the, the implication, they wouldn't learn my ways. They wouldn't learn my way. I went through all that trouble to get them out. I sacrificed the lamb. I even took Egypt's firstborn. I destroyed her army who had the power to destroy you. I kept you. I hit the rock and water came out. I spoke to the sky and I rained down food. What more? Your sandals didn't wear out. Read the scripture. Your sandals didn't wear out. Your clothes didn't wear out. I took care of you. And you still don't know me? I'm saying this to you because when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and you decide you're going to walk with him, there will be those seasons when you feel like you're in the desert. And it's just not coming together. So what I want to leave this to, I'm going to leave you, I'm going to do it. Oh, oh, come on now. I got a clock. Thank you. All right, let's go to work. Y'all ready to go to work? I thought we were working. Okay, yes, amen. They didn't know my ways, and I swore my wrath. Because you don't know my ways, you don't get to come into the fullness of what I want. You know the story. All that generation who refused to go in because they want it handed to them. You know, like folks, you know, folks that don't have, you know, they don't have anything, and you're asking for some help, and they bring you the corn, and it ain't cooked, and you say, well, take the corn back and cook it. You know, it's the same kind of deal. Now, don't, no, don't, get, don't, don't, don't put the vegetables, don't put the, don't, don't put the raw vegetables on my porch. Bring it hot, already cooked and seasoned. God had that mentality. And then you know what, saints? Right now, when God wants the body of Christ to move, you ought to check yourself to see if that's not your mentality. I want you to just work every little detail. No, there are some things the Lord wants you to walk through and do and learn and admit you don't know. Because if you think you know the way of the Lord, and you don't, see, if you think you do, so you're not going to ask him to teach you. And since you won't ask him to teach you, 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 you're in the category, this category I'm reading right here. They tested me all this time, but they didn't know my ways, so they're not going to get to enter into what I really wanted for them. You, you, get to, you get to enter into this rest. This rest is where you are no longer trying to figure it out. In his rest is not dead. In his rest is when you have such confidence, you know you have done, you know you have walked, and, and even though it's crazy, you know it's going to be all right. Now, folks want the blessing without the test. Tap your neighbor and say, I hope that ain't you. I hope that's not you. Because you can't get the blessing without the test. Are you still breathing? Okay, so let's, let's, go, let's go to level, level one or the, uh, the basement level. Let's go to level one where you, uh, well, maybe the Lord will help you. So the Lord said in Deuteronomy chapter eight, therefore I shall keep, there, therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his way. That's Deuteronomy eight, five and six, five through six. Uh, keep the commandment of the Lord. Do what, I'm do what I tell you to do and, and walk in in his ways and fear him that's what's required now Israel what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and love him and serve him serve the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, 
me. Keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today, for your good. Lord, have mercy. It was always God's desire to have a people. I want to tell you, saints, God is, God's getting his family back. Say amen. Tap your neighbor and say, and I'm part of it. I'm part of it. He lost it in the garden, but he's getting his family back. God's getting his family back. God's getting his family back. God's getting his family back. He's getting his royal family back. How many of you say, yes, he is, and I'm part of it. Raise your hand. If you say, I'm part of that family. Then hear the word of the Lord and don't fail it. Verse 22 of, of, of Deuteronomy 11 says, For if you are careful to keep all his commandments, which I'm commanding you to do today, to love the Lord your God. See, he, he, puts, he, he tells us the whole time, even in the old covenant, he tells us what he wants. To love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways and hold fast to him no matter how this thing is going how you see it even in our nation hold fast to him then the Lord what he will do he will drive out all these nations from before you and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourselves that's what God told them you keep my way you love me it's not just this this Yes, speak, Lord. I will answer. It's not, it's not robots God wants. Raise your hand and say, I want to love him like he loves me. I want to love him like he loves me. God's raising a family, and he wants his family to love him because he wants to demonstrate something through them, through you, through me. Mm. Then the Lord will drive out these nations before you, and you will possess the nations greater than you. you he, said, he says, and you will possess nations greater and more mightier than you. So there's a way that God has that I want you to re remind yourself that you know, for those of you who have known this way, and for those of you who do not know this way, for you to open your heart and receive, this is how daddy operates. And you want to be like him because if you, if, you, if you act like him, you know his ways, he'll give you more responsibility. Well, if he gives more responsibility, he got to give you more to work with. Well, I just want to, I just want to be safe. Lord, help your little pe peanut head. Lord, help you. But if you're in God's family now and you're alive, safe is not, it may not, it may not be part of the package, at least the way we think. Because God has got us in a, he's got us in a pickle. You're living in a, you're living in a, you're living in an atmosphere that hates your guts. You live in a nation that has turned its back on God. You live in a nation who deserve all those punishments that he said would come on the nation that does not fear me, does not love me, and does not walk in my ways. We live in the midst of that right now. So you probably want to, you probably want to get this first principle, see whether you're doing it or not, and get it. If you're not, go ahead and get it done. If by chance you've overlooked it, maybe you didn't think about it was that important. It might be. It may be. I want you to know how important it is today. Because this first level, uh, this first way of the Lord is, in, is incredible. It has to do with what you think about God. It has to do with your concept of him. We sang about it. His majestic glory and splendor. His awesome might. His unending power, his glory. If truly you believe that, then one of the things that will happen to you is I'm going to do things the way God wants me to do. Because when I walk out of this building, now the test comes as to whether or not I believe what I read or what I see. You guys there? Okay.
Well, get on with it. Okay, here I come. Sometimes it takes me a while to get there because I'm reading your heart and some of y'all just like sitting like, oh, shoot, I don't know what you're what you going to say now. This is real simple. This is one of the ways of the Lord. So let me give you the principle. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the Lord created, in chapter 1, it tells about his creation of Adam and Eve, and he, he placed them in this garden, and he gave them responsibility. This was God giving them an opportunity to please him and to serve him. It was what God wanted for them the whole time. He made them, he made us in his image. Do not disdain the image that God made. If you want to know, if you want to know how to identify yourself, look into his incredible word. In the image of God, he made them. Male and female. He pronounced over them, he said, everything else, he said, this is good. Over them, he said, this is very good. It's God's image in you that you need to see. And the church said, amen. He put him in the garden. In verse 15, then God took the man and put him into the garden of, uh, of Eden to do two things. This is verse 15. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to cultivate this and I want you to keep this. I want, I, I, he, God, it, it told us before time, he had already planted, every kind of seed was already planted. And his responsibility, Adam's, alongside him, his, his counterpart, his wife, Eve, not Steve. Eve is alongside him, and they are working to, they, God gave them work. God created them and gave them work. Look at your neighbor and said, what work? Ask your neighbor, what work has God given you? Because always when God births you, he gives you work. Work gives you purpose. And they are working, and what are they to do? Cultivate this garden. Keep it. Make it grow. Seeds are there. Cultivate it. Keep it. Are you still breathing? Verse 16. Are you ready for this? The Lord commanded, Lord God commanded the man saying, from how many trees? I'm, I can't hear you. From what? How many trees? From any tree of the garden. Eat. You may eat. Lord, would you raise your hand and say, I may eat. Lord, have mercy. Now, I don't know how many trees were in that garden, but I suspect there's a whole lot of them. And the fruit was uncorrupted. Or is it incorrupted? Whichever, whichever one's right. Fruit was good. No worms. Hallelujah. No pesticides. Hallelujah. No fungi. God said, do you see that? God said from any of these trees, all of these trees, you may eat. So here's a, here's a, here's a pear tree. Anybody like pears? Here's a tangerine. Anybody like tangerines? Here's a nectarine. Anybody like nectarines? Anybody like plums? If you grew up in California, you like plums. Them, them, I like them, them golden plums. When you bite, the juice squirts all over your face. Hurry up, Flynn. Before you get fired. Here we go. From any of the tree you, you may eat. Free. Do you see that? That freely is defined in the confines of what God said. That word freedom is in the confines of what God said. Are you, are you there? But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat 
from it, you will surely die. Have you ever told kids, have you, I've done it. You ever told kids, whatever you do, kids, you can play out here. All this whole playground, this whole yard is for you to have fun. Yes, Mr. Johnson. All right. Have an amazing, have an amazing time. Oh, by the way, this, right, this little garden right here by the window, whatever you do, don't spit in the garden. You got that? Yes, Mr. Johnson. So I go in, I hide behind the curtain. I'm going to see how long it takes them. Here they go. They be looking. They're looking like, you know, look. <laughs> then they have to drum it up. Ding. Now you have every place else you can play, have a great time. But this one little, what, what is that? Ask your neighbor, what is that? That thing we're not supposed to have, we want it. What is that? Well, what are you doing? I'm going to give you the first tool. We can go home. The first tool, God tells you how he, he tells you you can make as much as you want to make. You can make, you can earn. You can rule over as much as you're responsible for. But there's a little portion I don't want you to deal with. It belongs to me. Okay, that's what tithe is about. What? That's what the tithe is about. The only time you see tithe on paper as the law is when you get into the land. Into the land. Once he just he didn't tell them as slaves to tithe. He had nothing to tithe. Not until they get into the land and they begin to work and earn. And you look at Abraham, Abraham understood it because the law was not even given yet. And you see him taking a tenth of all that he had and putting it at the feet of Melchizedek. And there's no written law about that. Where'd you get that from, Abraham? You see Isaac sowing during the famine and a multitude of crops came afterwards. Lord, if you just help me to get back to my people, I'll take a tenth of what I have and I'll give it to you. The tithe is 10% of, see, you, you're to cultivate the whole garden, but there's part, you cultivate that thing, but you don't take from it. This is the principle, you with me? You cultivate the whole garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good is in that garden as well as every other tree. But that one, no, that's the Lord's. That's the principle. It does not say tenth in, in Genesis, but that's the principle. Work for it all. When it all comes in, what do you do with it? That first tenth, I'm talking to you about God's way. Because what you do with what you earn tells me that you understand who I am and what my way is. Your attitude about that counts as much as you gather. Because if you gather it all and you come smacking and bickering and complaining, then I just, you just negate the blessing on it. I want you to rethink it in your own life personally and count it a privilege and count it as a ticket for increase. There's seven things that it does. There's seven things that it does. What, what time is it around? Give me the time. 11.46? You think I'm going to do those seven things in seven minutes? You don't think I can? Come on, give me faith. Everybody stand up. Amen. Stand on your feet. Stunning your feet. I keep saying next week. I did fire him, didn't I? Don't hire him back. Okay. 
Do you, I'm sorry. Do, do, did you all see that in the scripture? Everything else you can. Ali, Ali, oxen free. But that one tree, I know you cultivated it. I know you worked it. I know you helped it to grow. But it's mine. So I'm saying this to all of us who are God's children. I'm, I'm, this is the first tool I want to put in your hand. If, if, you, if you will uh, come back, I'll give you the, uh, the seven things. Oh, my God. It's amazing that that way affords you. It's like being a rich, born in a rich family, get lost, and, you know, you got lost, and you had twins. They took one of the twins, and they couldn't find you, and then... You know, you have an incredible inheritance, but you ain't been able to have it because you were taken away. And when they find you, everything is there for you. It's like God said to all my, all my people who are in, in Egypt, I have so much for them, but I have, to, I have to find them. And they have to find me. And when they find me, I'm going to teach them. He reserves first place. And there is no other God beside him or before him. He is God Almighty by himself. He's God supreme in everything. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And he breathed life into your very body that you have right now. And formed you the way you are. And put your gifts and talents. Made sure down through the generations that the right chromosome came together for you. And by the time you got here, had planned mighty works for you to do. But you got to cooperate. Some of you, one of the problems in, in your increase is you've been eating off the tree that does not belong to you. Some of you are wearing the tree that does not belong to you. Some of you are driving the tree that does not belong to you. Some of you, some of you, 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 Lord help me today. You, you got, you understand what I'm saying to you? So, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to have mass repentance today. It's going to be sweet smelling in the nose of God. Amen. Those of you who say, you know, Lord, I, I never saw it that way. It was just kind of an incidental thing, you know, tithe. You don't understand when you tithe, you're enacting a principle of the kingdom. When you participate in the tithe, he tells you, you actually are unloosing over yourself all that he wanted to in the first place. But restricts you because he understands if he does not limit, if he does not put this limitation in your life, you will not be prepared to handle what comes. Some of you are not made you know, some of you are not doing six figures right now because you would be a loony bird. He gave you six figures right now. Lord, you know, you wouldn't know what to, oh my God. You'd be thinking of every drink I ever wanted to drink. I could go get that fine dope. Now I can get some dope ain't got ain't mixed with nothing. I get that fine stuff. You know, you, 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 you be doing some crazy stuff. Some of you would not even, you would, I wouldn't see you for a year until you crashed. And when you finally crashed and was burning, you come in, crashed and burned. I want to tell you though, make no mistake about it. God does not lie. When he says, I'll open up the windows, he meant that thing. So I, this is what I want to do. If you've, been, if you've been feasting at the wrong tree, and you know it, but you say, enough of that. Because when Adam did it, it destroyed his old lineage. When Adam did it, when Eve did it, no matter what her persuasiveness was, when they did it, it messed, it messed up stuff for them. And not only for them, it messed up stuff for their kids. Not only their kids, kids, but their kids, 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 kids. Now we're, not, now we're down to you. And now Jesus comes, who is the tree of life, and, and he now gives us re-instruction again. He takes us out of our bondage. Those generations of bondage. He takes us out. Brings us into what he really desires. But you got to know his way. This is one way. This is one of the fundamental ways. That you, when, you, when you get this way, woo -woo, you know what? You get promoted. 
So lift your hands to the Lord. And if by chance you transgress that way, you've been, you've been eating at that tree in fear that you won't have enough, that's a slave mentality. You've not managed that tree, that's a slave mentality. Management is what he's called you to. It's part of the, the dominion mandate. In the New Testament, he does not separate your spiritual maturity from your ability to handle money. Your God is after his incredible managers who can manage this mess we're in with the power of his kingdom beginning in your own personal life. If you've been messing with that tree that does not belong to you, how do you know it doesn't belong to you? Well, look, you know them hands you used to labor and, 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 and grow that tree? The hands you used and the mind you used to go to work to do what you did? That's not even yours. God gave you that. And if you belong to him, then everything you are and everything you have is his. And now you're in the management position. But see, if you're in the God's employment, you ain't got to worry about nothing. You know, you just take care of business. Take care of his business. And don't mess with his stuff. Because every time you don't, every time you say, I leave that tree, this is yours, Lord. You honor him. You honor him. And guess what? If you honor him, he will honor you. Okay, I got to stop. I got to stop. I am sorry. How you stop? Okay, here's how you stop. Um, if you, if you say, ooh, I've messed with that tree so much, whew. but today, that's the end of that. Then I want you to take a bold stand and rush here, right right in here. We're going to just fill this altar with people that say, oh, God, I mess, I mess with your stuff. I mess with that principle. In the name of Jesus, I want you to come and stand and say, Lord, that's the end of that. I'm now placing myself in management school. I'm in, I'm in, success, I'm in your success training. I'm in it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray, Lord, for those who have wrestled with this. I pray, Father, for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that you see us and you know us. Lord, forgive us and forgive our nation. Only 2 to 3% of the whole body of Christ even tithes. No wonder we're in such a condition we're in. If we can't handle that principle, we can't handle the others. So help us, Lord. Help us to stand up and stand in the place of blessing. That you can use us, bless us, and use us for your glory. Okay, you're too ashamed to come up here, so take the hand of your person next to you. Assume they're guilty. Okay, all right, my hey. Hey, you cold blooded bitch. Assume, assume, assume they're, assume they're guilty. Because I know, I also know that just by walking up here is not going to change everything. Sometimes walking up here does just make a resolve in the heart of the person. But I know that literally walking here doesn't, doesn't actually, it doesn't actually change you. But what, what changes is when you see it. Um, repentance is I see it. And then by seeing it, God gives you the power in your heart to turn toward him. It's real repentance. See, I see it. I get it, Lord. And then, and then, you, you, then the situation comes up, and you say, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna touch with yours. This is this. Everything is yours, and this specifically is first is yours." Let me give this to you. Now, I pray for the courage for those to do that. Lord, deliver, deliver those who are trying to make up for what they did not do. Deliver them from that. I pray. Deliver them from that, Father, in the name of Jesus. We know there's no making up this. This is a heart that you give and we receive. And I thank you that you're changing it. And I thank you, Lord, that those that have, have, have stewarded what you have blessed them with, you, they've stewarded it correctly. Lord, I ask you that you would open their hearts so that they can take the next step so that 
their hands will be able to handle even more. I praise you for it. Lord, thank you. And thank you for teaching us your way. Whenever, whenever an increase comes, whenever a produce comes, whenever a production happens, whenever a check comes, whenever a gift comes, we first not think of ourselves. We first think of you because we know that you are the one from whom all blessings flow. So we think of you first. We want to honor you first. We want to honor you. We want to say, Lord, we see this is what you've done. And, and so we take the, the first portion that, of that tenth. And by the way, you can't give a tenth unless you got 100% of it. Whatever it is. Once you have 100% of it, now you can figure out what a tenth is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tithe means tenth. And I, I want you to see that heart. This, your, ability, your ability and willingness to do this is setting you up for greater responsibility and greater privilege. Let it be so in this house. Let it be so for all who hear this word. In Jesus' name I pray. God's people said.